0: to the Thrive Podcast. I'm Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. In this podcast, I'll share all we've learned about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. I'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. Hello, my flower family. How are you guys? Hope everybody is well. We are here. It is a few days after the epic Mother's Day weekend. And all I can say is I am giving myself so much space and grace for what I like to refer to as active recovery. I am a person which is probably stating the obvious, I am a person who is fairly much constantly on the go. There's always something I could be doing, might be doing, want to be doing, getting excited by the latest and greatest ideas, and pushing harder and harder and harder. And I will say, we went into Mother's Day this year with an incredible plan, and the most incredible team of people, and we smashed it. We absolutely smashed it. But I still know I walked into the house on Sunday afternoon and knew at that moment that what I needed to give my body, what I needed to give my mind and my soul and my spirit was just permission to not do, to not have to, to not push. And I am so grateful I took almost all of Monday and I wrote down that these are the things that I have to get done today and at the top of the list is things like you need to pay your staff (laughs) and sort through a handful of emails but the rest of the things can wait till later you know all those inquiries all those emails all those people who are chasing after you they can wait because, people, if you don't give yourself permission to rest and recover, you are going to be no good to anyone around you. And I have been a person who is constantly push, 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 do more, do more, do more, fill your time, make yourself busy. And this year I am so grateful that I knew, I knew the minute that I walked in the door after Mother's Day that it was just going to be a slow down and get back into a routine and get the bare minimum done and number one priority has been rest and sleep and eating good food, moving my body and just easing back into things hopefully I want to be doing in the next few days and covering off the bare minimum in terms of everything else. So I am so excited that we're on the other side of Mother's Day, because for us, that also means that our autumn wedding season has come to an end. Mother's Day for us, we do something like four weeks of trading. We do more than 400 transactions in the course of about a four-day window. So it's epic. (laughs) It truly is epic. But it's incredible. I don't know. And every year, we just get better and better and better, more efficient, more focused and I don't know this whole idea of just not necessarily trying to reinvent the wheel every time out right like what worked last time where do we want to tweak and what do we want to change setting our own boundaries learning our own limits it's just it's such a good experiment and I can't tell you guys how much taking this perspective of every time out so with every wedding that we do with every event that we have with every mothers day valentine's day christmas anzac day every you know pretty much every week that goes by we're just looking at making minor tweaks and building on what's working you know don't mess with if it ain't broke don't fix it you know but there always is this idea of you could just make little tiny tweaks and you could say no to this and you could say yes to that and it That shifted mentality of going, you know what, get into a bit of a rhythm and tweak the rhythm just a little bit, just tweak the rhythm every time out and you will be surprised at how far you will come. So, enough jibber jabber. That's what I have to say about that today. Anyway, I wanted to jump in and talk to you guys about part three. So we're still talking business planning and we're past the halfway mark. And I have to say, if you guys listened to last week's episode all around pricing, then I congratulate you. Because if you can navigate the world of pricing, sales targets, margins, markup, thinking about all the things, then that is probably the trickiest part about running your own business. And I will do, totally selfish plug, I am launching an online course in a few weeks that I'm so excited about because I wish this course existed three years ago, but it didn't, so here we are launching an online course that I'm going to be teaching you guys all about the ins and outs of business, flower business, our pricing model, which is so simple. Oh, I love it. It's so simple. Things to think about in terms of wedding, generating wedding inquiries, how to manage new inquiries, all of the things. So if you want to be on the wait list for that online course, it is for Flora. So F-O-R-F-L-O-R-I-S. TS.com backslash wait list. Enter your email address and I shall make sure that you're one of the first to know when registration opens. Oh, I'm so excited. Anyway, so back into the world of talking about business planning. We are on part three. So you can grab my business plan template if you want to just click the link in the show notes probably the easiest thing to do so I'll make sure it's linked in the show notes you will need to save it to your google drive but easy as that so chop and change as much as you like but we are on part three so identifying who is your ideal customer now piece of news for you. You cannot, it is not possible for you to appeal to everyone. Plain and simple. I am an advocate for becoming very specific in terms of how and who you are targeting. Right? You will know, I can guarantee you, and I'm willing to wager $100. You have a good instinct to who you want your ideal customer to be. Start there, right? There is absolutely no wrong. And when you're first starting your business, you're going to kind of be thinking, oh, but should I do that or should I do this or should I target this person or should I be attracting that person? Sit down and I give you full permission to simply follow your instinct and think about who is it that you have in your heart? Who is it that you have in your mind that you are trying to target and just start there, right? So empty piece of paper, whether you want to do this by hand, whether you want to do this on your laptop, whether you want to do this on your iPhone, in your notes app, it does not matter, right? Open a new document and just do an absolute brain dump as to who you think your ideal target audience, target customer is. Now, I will just jump in here and as I usually do talk in circles, here is circle number one. If you are selling multiple products, so for example, you are selling everyday flowers and you are looking to also promote, let's say you have a workshop coming up and you want to be getting into the wedding and event space, it's very possible, right, with every single one of those different products that you sell or services that you provide, you might actually have slightly different target markets, right? There could be a huge amount of overlap, but the person who might call you to get a flower delivery today versus the person who might inquire via your website for wedding and event flowers are going to be two different target audiences. They're going to be two different ideal customers. So For every service that you provide, do this exercise, right? Now, if you wanna keep your life simple, start off by offering one service. (laughs) And I know that sounds so mm, crazy, might be a good phrase, but If you want to just meet yourself where you're at and start your business slowly start by offering one service because if you go through this whole business plan and you commit to providing one service and you do it impeccably I can pretty much guarantee you you're going to build yourself a viable business right? So this is not necessarily, this industry is not necessarily about trying to offer all things to all people, to try and creating 10 different services and targeting 10 different customer groups, and then having to put energy and effort into servicing those 10 different customer groups. Don't be afraid to simply start somewhere, right? You could decide what you want to do is offer a weekly growers special, right? Put little posies and mason jars starting from $50.00 Deliveries are made, I'm making this up, Wednesdays and Thursdays, right? And you have a cap, first in, best dressed. People can order via your website. People can pay via your website. If you can master the entire process around that, understand who you're targeting and how to reach those people and offer them the best service and great value and expertise, then possibly think about extending yourself, right? So just start somewhere be okay with starting with just one thing. This doesn't have to be all the things, right? You don't need to be offering 25 services. (laughs) So who is your target market? What we're thinking about here and what I'm asking you is to think about specifics. So demographics are specific. So male, female, how old are they? What is their family situation? They let's say you're talking you're wanting to target somebody who's looking for a wedding and event floral design, right? So most often you may be talking to females, I'm making this up as I go. So females between the age of 25 to 35, they live in big city. They work in big city corporate job, right? They live with their boyfriend. They have a dog. They live in the eastern suburbs, and they listen to this type of music, they shop at this kind of store, they have these types of images on their Pinterest boards, right? So just get into some of the very, very specific details that you can think of. So, if you're first starting out and you're not quite sure, take a best guess, right? What does she or he look like? Where do they live? Where do they work? How much do they earn? What do they do for fun? What personal values do they have? Where do they like to shop? What is their family situation? How many pets do they have? How many sisters do they have? Where did they go to school? Where are they originally from? Right? All of these things can really help you hone in and understand who you are looking to attract as your ideal customer, right? You can even get to the point of naming this person, right? I have also heard people actually create private, like secret, hidden Pinterest boards that give you a visual representation of who this person is, right? Where do they want to go traveling? Are they sailors? Are they into food? Do they like reading? If they like reading, what kind of books are they reading? Are they reading books? Are they listening to Audible? Do they go to the movies or are they at home streaming movies? How do they like to spend their weekends? Are they out drinking? Are they out shopping? Are they at the spa? Are they at the gym? Right? All of these things you can just absolutely make up. And Let's say for example, you think your ideal customer is somebody like a friend of yours or somebody like your cousin or somebody that you work with, right? Be as specific as you possibly can to really help you create a picture for yourself around what this person is all about, what makes them tick. Because the next section is, what do you know about their purchase or decision-making behavior? So the more you can start to understand the demographics and the specifics around who your ideal customer is, the more you can get inside their head to understand how their brain operates. And I don't mean this in a creepy way at all, but what you're actually getting into in terms of marketing and sales and pitching your business is all about human psychology, right? You really want to provide your product or your service as a solution to the problem that they have. And I don't mean problem in a super negative way, right? The problem that they might have or that they might have encountered is that, let's say their sister lives in your town and you want, sorry, your customer simply wants to be able to send flowers to your sister to say, I love you, or I'm thinking of you, or my heart is with you, or wishing you all the best today, or congratulations on your new promotion, Right? It's not actually necessarily a problem in the common sense of the word. But your business is able to solve the situation or the conundrum that your ideal customer is currently facing. Right? So it could also be that your ideal customer is looking for somebody to help them sort through and cut through the clutter in terms of planning wedding flowers right? So your business could be the solution to their problem. In order to understand what their problem actually is, you need to understand what do you know about your customer's purchase or decision-making behavior. And this, my friends, is where Google comes in. There is so much incredible, good, insightful information on the Google machine in terms of understanding your customers buying behavior or decision-making behavior. If you Google how much do couples spend on wedding flowers, all those big famous international blogs come up and almost all of them have some sort of article providing some sort of point of view on how much people will spend on wedding flowers. I also know, I think it was about 18 months ago, One of the Australian bloggers posted an article about how much the average couple spends on their wedding, right? They broke the whole chart down. That is incredible and valuable reading, right? So it's going to tell you, on average, how much couples budget for every aspect of their wedding, Right? So everything from the venue to the photographer to hair and makeup to dresses to travel to gifts for their bridal party, right? Whether or not you agree with it, whether or not it's a decision that you would make, it's simply enlighten providing enlightenment to you around what the average person is doing. Right? I will throw in another tangent because Reading those blogs is actually incredibly helpful for you as a service provider and for you pitching yourself as an expert. Right, so we have a post on our website that talks specifically around how much to budget for wedding flowers. We picked up this figure of people could be budgeting between 10 to 15% of their total wedding, sorry, wedding budget, like their total budget of their wedding. We would suggest that they're spending between 10 and 15% on flowers and styling. We picked up that number because of the articles that we read online. Right? So, none of this stuff is rocket science. It just takes a little bit of research. Back in the world of working at the big corporate offices, there were literally teams of people, and I am not kidding you, teams of people whose job was to research, right? Was to cut through all the data and the information, spend time on Google, spend time in literary magazines, spend time reading, 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 reading to help us understand and decipher the behavior of who our ideal customer was, right? So you don't need to do the same thing at the same scale. You don't need to necessarily even outsource this to anybody. But just know that that is a real job. It is a real task. There are people out there who work for big companies, who study consumers professionally for a living, right? So you can do the same thing and you can set the timer for 30 minutes or you could spend three days, right? Go as far into the Google machine as you like. Simply gathering information. You can open a new document, copy and paste whatever you find, whatever you find that is insightful, that is useful for you to understand Get into the mindset of who your ideal customer is and what their decision-making behavior is all about. So, some examples that I've got in this document that you could be googling. How much do couples budget for their wedding in, and insert your country. So, how much do couples budget for their wedding in America How much do couples budget for their wedding in California? How much do couples budget for their wedding in Ireland? You can go one step further. How much do couples budget for their wedding flowers? You can also change the question around a little bit too, right? So how much, what's the average, um, what is the average that couples spend on their wedding? What is the average that couples spend on wedding flowers? What is the average spend for online flower shoppers? Totally moving into a different category. So what, you could go to Google and you could say, ideas for increasing customer spending behavior online. Why do customers select one florist over another? So you will also notice when you go to the Googles and you type in something like, why do customers select one florist over another? The Google machine has become so intelligent, and I love them for this, but they are so intelligent that in and amongst your searches, you will see a section in bold that says, people who searched for your question searched for these other questions as well, right? So even if you don't quite know the question to ask, type something in because Google will help you refine and more clearly identify what they think you might be looking for. And just keep going down the rabbit hole, guys. There is so much incredible information on the interwebs. It will blow your mind. Now, I will absolutely advocate and tell you guys, set your timer. (laughs) Because you can get so far down the rabbit hole of information that you don't even know where you're going or what country you live in anymore. So, set the timer. And just start digging. And see what comes up. Because it will be incredible what you find you can find so much valuable information. So once you've done your searching, gone through the rabbit hole, provide yourself just a little bit of a summary in that box, right? So then you can answer the question, what do you know about their purchase or decision-making behavior, right? So where I've written all that content in on the right-hand side, delete all that and write in your details. So then you could take this and go one step further. Why would a customer select your business over someone else's, right? So in the box above and through all of your Google searching, you're gonna understand what their behavior is. So then this next box is about understanding how your business can solve their problem. So why would a customer select your business over someone else's and I will Put a giant disclaimer in here that if you decide to write the answer because we're the lowest cost provider, please delete it and think of a better response. If you ever think that the best way to run a successful business is to be the lowest cost provider, you are not going to be in business very long. The only organizations who are able to get away with that approach are the people like Walmart. And that is because they have this thing called buying power, right? So they can negotiate with their suppliers to get product at a discounted rate and then pass that discount on to their customer. Right, But you are going to the same flower market that the rest of us are going to. You are being charged the same amount that your growers are charging me. That doesn't mean that you get to offer a discount to your customer because you're not going to be in business for very long. So, let's go back and ask this question again. Why would a customer select your business over someone else's? Your answer might be because you have an exclusive or custom product right so particularly if you're a floral designer who wants to have a unique aesthetic that is your response right it might also be that you offer the best customer service in your area it might also be that you know the venues better than anyone else it might also be that you have access to specific product that somebody else doesn't. Particularly if you're a grower, that becomes very true. It might also be that you have, and I put this in quotes, street cred because you were published in XXX magazine or featured on XYZ blog. Right? If you're first starting out, all of these things still apply. Right. So it might be that you want to start with because this is what we did. We started out by putting a stake in the ground and claiming that we are going to provide the best customer service. That's how we started. Right. I'm still not going to claim that we have the most beautiful worldwide famous designs. But I can tell you our customer service is what is the backbone of this business. So you absolutely, if you're going to claim that you have the best customer service, then that means you need to provide the best customer service. You need to provide guidance and support. You need to be approachable. You need to be quick to respond. You need to provide expertise. Right? So all of that information and research that you're doing to educate yourself, train yourself, learn what's going on out there, Don't be afraid to share that with your potential clients, right? The fact that you are experimenting and learning and playing with flowers and watching videos and teaching yourself, going to workshops, right? Experimenting with vessels, learning how to take photos, all of those things you can talk about, right? You can promote on Instagram, you can talk about on your website, you can talk about how you're learning about color and texture and what flowers are in season when. Do not underestimate the value of your expertise. And if you learn something, share it with somebody else. Yes, yes. So last question that I have in this section is, what is the ideal spend? So all things being equal, how much do you want your customers to spend with you? And related to that, is this a one-off purchase, or is there an opportunity to encourage repeat purchasing with your customers? If so, how often? Now, you guys will remember last week we talked about pricing with your price, sorry I should say pricing with your sales goal. So hopefully you've already figured this number out and that you have an ideal spend. One thing I want you to embrace too is this idea that your ideal spend can change and it can change significantly. When we first started our wedding and events business, I think I wanted our customer's ideal spend to be around $1,500 because that seemed like a lot. And then it quickly jumped up to $3,500. And then I went through a phase where I thought I wanted our ideal customer spend to be closer to $10,000. And now I'm sitting in a space where it's like somewhere in between five and seven. And who knows where it's going to be in six months, 12 months, 18 months, right? Like you can absolutely decide that you want to go after a different customer at any point in time. Just make sure you're making it very intentional. And I will also suggest here coming full circle. If you learn something around your ideal customer, if you gain some sort of insight... circle back to your business plan and write it down. One of the best piece of advice I was given is when you land your ideal client and you go through the entire project and you create their wedding and you get their photos back, circle back to your piece of paper that talks about who your ideal customer is and write it all down. So I can think of, we've probably in 20, what year was last year, 2018, definitely can count how many of our brides fell into categories of our ideal client, right? One of them got married in August of last year. Everything about her I loved, you know, and she ran into some challenges in terms of planning her wedding, some very last minute changes came up, but she was so okay with it all And if I circle back now and write down everything about that experience, about who she is, how she managed some of the hurdles that she had to approach, the things that she asked us to do, the words that she said to us, the questions that she asked, so that now I know precisely who our ideal client is, how much money she spent with us, the types of designs that we did, the types of flowers that we used, the color palette that she had, what she cared about, what she didn't give a shit about, all of these things, right? So... The minute that you realize that you've just completed an event or a wedding or you've delivered flowers or you've done a workshop for your ideal client, commit to yourself and commit to me that you will sit down for an hour, make yourself a cup of tea, and write down everything about that experience that you can remember. Right? Who was she? Who was there? How did she approach this? What was her attitude? How much money did she spend? What were the decisions that she cared about? What did her dress look like? What was her color palette? What flowers did she really, really, really want? What did she not give a rat's ass about? Where did she get married? How much did she spend? What day did she get married? What was the weather like? What was her demeanor like in the morning? Who did her hair and makeup? Who did her cake flowers? What was the venue? How many guests did she have? What was her table set up? Everything. Everything you can possibly imagine. Do a massive brain dump. And what are the aspects about that client that you particularly loved, that resonated with you, that you want to attract more of? And moving on to the next section. So this is where things get fun. Although I think this whole thing's fun, but I'm o So this next section, attracting your ideal customer. So, here is where you get to think through how you will acquire new customers. This section is what the fancy corporate people would call a marketing plan. But I have put some questions in here for you to answer and work your way through. So, as you know, we shall start at the top, but as you know, in my opinion, a website is a must it is mandatory it is an absolute and I would also say in this day and age of Squarespace Shopify Wix and if you're fancy pants WordPress you have no excuse right so website 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 I will also say that even if you think you want to become Instagram famous your clients are going to go to your website to check out that you have credibility right so the two work hand in hand I think your website is exactly like having a retail shop on the high street in your city, town, neighborhood. It is absolutely a must. And picking back off the idea of even having a website is that you need to understand the world of search engine optimization. This is how your customers will find you. Right. So we know our Instagram is linked directly to our website Right, so you go to our Instagram profile, you can click on the button and you can go to our website. I also know it's possible and increasingly likely that our potential clients will simply go to Google and type in little bird bloom. Right, so for us to appear at the top of the Google search ranking, we have to have our search engine optimization Nailed. Now, I promise I will go into that in more detail in a future podcast, but there is so much good information out there. And absolutely, if you are using Wix and Squarespace, they have some very useful, super easy to follow tutorials on how to deal with search engine optimization for your website. If in doubt, go to YouTube right? And find video, type in the platform that you're using. So Squarespace and type in search engine optimization and find a video that has hundreds of thousands of views, because I guarantee you that they're out there and watch it and follow the steps. Guys, this is not rocket science. It's just a process and you need to embrace the process. And if you want to run a business, just know all of this stuff is figure out So In addition to your website, where do you want to spend time building a profile? So, is that Instagram? Is it Facebook? Is it Pinterest? I heard somebody the other day call it Pinterest, and I really just want to embrace that. So, is it Pinterest? (laughs) And remember, here is a little personal coaching from me, Kathleen, to you. You do not need to have hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram or Facebook or Pinterest to have cred, right? Just because you don't have 44,000 followers on Instagram doesn't make you any less viable of a business. doesn't make you any less human. It doesn't make you any less capable of doing this job and making this work. Now, We currently have something like just over 2,000 followers on Instagram. And I will even say, in our early days of our business, where we had closer to 1,000 followers on Instagram, we still landed a huge number of bookings. Right? So we all start somewhere. We are in this business, and we have, what, 2,400 followers on Instagram? Guys, it does not matter it doesn't matter one little bit. Just start somewhere. And be intentional about where you're spending your energy and spending your time to grow your following. You don't have to be on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest and trying to manage your own website, right? You can absolutely get away with just picking two. And I will tell you, one of them has to be your website. <laughs> Then, give some consideration and think about whether you want to invest in trade shows or bridal fairs. Do you want to have a retail shop or a studio space? Do you want to put energy and effort into building relationships with your venues, nearby retailers, boutiques, restaurants, or other complimentary vendors like hair and makeup artists, photographers, stylists? Do you want to get into the world of paid advertising, print, radio, television, online ads? Is it worth distributing business cards places? Do you want to join a local networking group? Do you want to create a brochure? If you're in a whole different bubble and you're looking for repeat customers, do you want to run a discount or promotion to get them to trial your product? Do you encourage them to revisit or sign up for a regular service or subscription? I'll tell you what, if you look back at your ideal customer and spend time brainstorming where they are spending their time, where are they looking for information? What resources are they turning to to make their buying decisions? How can you slide into that routine of theirs and provide a solution when they're looking for answers? Right, so you might want to be a guest blogger. You might want to put an online ad a wedding directory right? there are hundreds of thousands of options out there the best thing you can do is understand who your target audience is how are they researching information how are they researching for resources how are they going to find your business so you can provide the solution for them and don't ever be afraid to try things and decide it's no longer right for you We have invested in online advertising, we've invested in networking, we've invested in print brochures, we've invested in print advertising, we've invested in bridal fairs and trade shows. We've tried a lot of things. We've invested in Facebook advertising. We've invested in a lot of different things, right? So don't be afraid to try it. And moving on. I won't go into this next section in too much detail because I did an entire podcast episode on this next question about evaluating your competition. You guys know, I actually believe that competition is a good thing, right? It provides choice for your customer, but it also really helps to create focus for your business. So I would highly recommend that you go back and listen to the podcast on evaluating the competition so you can get all the ins and outs in this section but if you did your homework and you were a good studious student then you can simply go back open that document that you had and copy and paste your competition matrix into this section and methinks I'm going to leave it at that because next week we shall come back talk about analyzing your business's strengths and weaknesses and identifying opportunities and threats in the industry. sounds very ominous, but trust me, it's not. It is not at all. So, that is today's episode. I hope that that's helpful. I so hope that you guys have a beautiful week. And don't forget, if you want to be one of the first to hear about registration opening for the online course, then go to forfloris.com backslash wait list link will be in the show notes and I shall see you cool cats on the Instagram lives but in the meantime if you have any questions don't forget you can always email me definitely would love to see where you guys are tuning in from if you guys are working on your business plan post a photo to the Instagram stories tag me so love to see what you guys are up to and if you don't yet follow me on the instagram i am at little bird bloom it's b l hope you have a beautiful day give yourself permission to rest put your feet up read a good book watch a movie eat some chocolate drink some wine and i love you guys and i shall talk to you next week bye for now